0: Welcome to Wellness with Fanda, the podcast, where we're going to be talking about hormones, mindset, motherhood, and everything in between. Hey, welcome back to the third episode of this podcast. I am sitting down late at night. Um, I'm actually normally in bed asleep already by now, but I got on a roll with this podcast after I sat down earlier in the week to record the very first episode, just get out of my own way and do it, and decided that um, I wanted to go ahead and get it done and get it out there. And really the topic that I'm going to be talking about today is probably what pushed me to go ahead and want to get this out there because it was like, I'm either going to make this happen at the beginning of this next week, or I'm going to have to wait until like after Thanksgiving. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit about seasonal affective disorder or sometimes called the winter blues or winter depression or seasonal depression. And I thought this content is going to be really relevant right now and we need to get it out there. So um, life update first. Yesterday morning, we had early hard morning. We had an epic meltdown with Kinley trying to get her dressed to go to the sitter for the day, and it was just one of those mornings where she was dysregulated. She didn't want to get dressed. She wanted to stay in her pajamas, but she was wearing summer pajamas, and it's been very cold here, so she couldn't wear what she had on. Like it, she just couldn't do it, and. I try to give choices to her and I kept asking her if she wanted to pick her clothes out. She did not. So I picked something and then she didn't want to put it on and she's kicking and screaming and she's fighting as we're trying to put these clothes on her. And it was just awful. (laughs) And she left for the day and she was still mad when she left. So like, she wouldn't even tell me bye. We were all agitated and aggravated. Um, By the time it was all over and they went out the door and I was texting one of my really good friends about it and just telling her like, I feel like I am failing at this parenting thing. Like I can't figure out what the problem is. Like we were talking about all these different things. Like, is it that I need to be more strict about removing dyes? but then she's not home all during the day. Like I only have so much control over what she eats during the day because she's at the sitter for eight hours a day. Um, is it that she's watching too much TV? Is it that we don't follow through on things like all of these different things? And finally, like we were just going back and forth. We were given, like, we were just giving each other ideas, bouncing things around. And, um, finally I was like, you know what? It's just, it's all hard. Like no matter what you decide to do, it's just parenting is hard And I don't think that there is a right or wrong answer. I don't think that there is one thing um, or even probably all five or six of these things that we've just talked about that I could change that would really be the thing that makes the difference. It's probably a developmental stage thing. It was um, an overtired thing, probably a little extra sugar and stuff this week that she's had given that it's been Halloween. And I was like... I don't think that there is a right answer. I really just wish that this was easier. <laughs> and, you know, I think sometimes it's okay for us to remind ourselves and remind each other that parenting's freaking hard and some days are harder than others. And sometimes, even when it feels like we are in control of these children and like their behaviors and that. It's like a direct reflection on us, how they behave and how they react in any given situation. That's not always the case. Like it doesn't or it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. It just means that something happened that upset your kid that's still a toddler and they didn't know how to manage their emotions in that moment and the best thing that you can do moving forward is to just continue trying to help them verbalize their emotions and manage them. So, I'm just sharing that um as a reminder that we all have hard times with our kids and parenting is freaking hard and I think that sometimes we all don't do the best job of sharing the hard things with one another. And we get into that mom trap of comparing to like, well, they don't seem to ever have any trouble with their kids or their kids always well-behaved when I see them out. And, you know, that's not reality. That's that's the um, camera reel that we see on Instagram. So anyway, getting on into um, seasonal affective disorder, um, sometimes referred to as SAD, like I said earlier, sometimes it is seasonal depression, which is what I have always heard it called and referred to. Um, I was doing some research on it for a project that I'm working on for a presentation that I'm working on. And as I was like going through the symptoms and how you get diagnosed with it, I was like, whoa, I think that I like have this, like I <laughs> I think that I feel this coming on for myself and I'm always so hesitant to say, like, I catch myself doing this with anxiety because I feel like we all get anxious at times. I feel like that is a normal part of life, but it's like, at what point do you feel like you have enough anxiety that you say I have anxiety or like that you've been diagnosed with anxiety. Um, Or sometimes I feel like I don't want to say that I am struggling with anxiety or I'm struggling with something because I'm like, I know there are people out there that have anxiety way worse than like what I'm experiencing right now. And I kind of caught myself doing that as I was like reading through these signs and symptoms and how you get diagnosed, like what the diagnosis criteria is. And one second I'd be like, gosh, I have all those symptoms. Like, yeah, I think that is actually affecting me and probably has affected me in the past. And then I was like, no, I I don't, I don't have that. And I don't, and it wasn't like a, I don't want to have this or I don't want to have that label. It was like, I don't have it bad enough to say that i have that it's just very interesting that we have a hard time i think especially when it comes to mental health because of the stigmas that are still in our society very profoundly lots of places um to just own up and say when we are struggling with something so i wanted to talk a little bit about what the signs are and As I acknowledged that I was having a lot of these symptoms and signs, and we are just like right now heading into the winter months, what action steps I'm going to implement and what things you can implement um, to head this off. Because um, one of the statistics that I read was very interesting, and this is much more common in women than it is in men. And that does make me curious. You know, men are even more resistant than women are to say, hey, I'm struggling with something or, hey, I feel a little off. So I'm like, I wonder if really it affects women more or if women are just a little bit more likely to share that they're struggling than a man would be. But anyway, so um, they don't really know 110% what causes um, seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression. The thought is that it has to do with decreased light exposure Um, because obviously the days are a lot shorter in the winter and in the fall, and we get a lot less sunny days. You know, it's typically kind of overcast and gloomy, and our body really needs sunlight and adequate light to regulate our circadian rhythm and um, also to help our brain produce sufficient levels of serotonin, which is like one of our feel-good, happy endorphins. So um, kind of the diagnosis criteria was a little bit vague, and it kind of surprised me because it said that you needed to have noted feelings of depression. So being down, fatigue, Low energy, loss of interest in doing things, increased carb cravings specifically, which I thought was interesting. And you needed to have like noted that that happened for two years in a row, and I kind of felt odd to me. I'm like, so we're supposed to struggle with this for two years and then seek help, and that's not what it was saying, and that's not what I'm telling you to do, obviously. Um, but I just thought that was an interesting part of the diagnosis criteria. And I kind of get it. They need to know that this is like not like they, that helps them differentiate it, I guess, from regular depression. Um. So anyway, the number one treatment for it is light therapy. And this is just trying to expose yourself to more light, specifically first thing in the morning when you wake up. And this plays right into what we talked about a little bit in the last, um, episode about cortisol. One of the ways that we can help regulate our cortisol production is getting, um, light exposure first thing in the morning, because it helps keep our circadian rhythm on track. And that can be really hard for people, especially people that work. And I know when I was still working on the floor as a nurse, I was working 12-hour shifts and I would have to get up at like 4 or 4.30, commute to work. It was dark when I went into work and it was dark when I came out of work. And I always hated that season for that reason. But I'm like, in those type of circumstances, how am I supposed to get more natural light? And how am I supposed to even get exposure to like artificial light? Um, and I've talked through that with clients uh, multiple times because I have clients that work traditional jobs, and they're going through that too. It's like I go home in the dark, I come to work in the dark. How am I supposed to fit this into my schedule? and we get creative um in the summer. It's a little bit easier because the weather is nice outside, and, you know, you get breaks throughout the day. So, at the end of your lunch or on your 15 minute breaks, you can go outside for a walk, but it is a little trickier in the winter. So I wanted to share all of this to really talk about the things that were my takeaways that I was like, I'm going to start implementing these things right away because there are multiple factors that go into this. Like why I feel like, um, I'm at risk for developing this and even why I kind of feel like I already am developing it a little bit as we're coming into this fall and winter season. So um, those of you that are watching on the YouTube channel can see that I'm in my office and you know you can only see so much, but I have a very small office. This was actually a very large closet that um, we turned into my office, but there are no windows in here and I'm in here for like eight hours a day. And in the summertime, I get up, I get ready and I go outside for a walk, but I hate the cold. So I do not do that as it starts to get chillier and becomes winter. Now, sometimes I'll go during the day, but that's still different from getting that morning light right off the bat. Um, so I was brainstorming, like, what am I going to do to get myself some either natural light exposure throughout the day and get increased light more so than just the overhead lights first thing in the morning because part of the light therapy is that you need to be exposed to light that is brighter than just like your normal inside lights obviously it can't be as bright as the sun but that's what you're trying to simulate because the receptors in our eyes can pick up on that and it doesn't do it doesn't do the same for us as um, what sunlight would, but it helps. So um, there is a product called Happy Light that I have been eyeing for a long time that I'm gonna be ordering. And my plan with that is to use it either in my bathroom in the morning when I'm getting ready, or maybe even bringing it in here to my office and um, leaving it on for like the first hour of my day. That's kind of what I read the recommendation was. Um, I don't have it yet. So I have like some other really bright lights that I can, can use in the meantime, but that was one thing. Um, the other thing was exercise because when we exercise, it releases endorphins and I had to do kind of a lot of thought around this about like what specifically I wanted to do for this type of exercise that I felt like would kind of boost me up and, and give me that endorphin release because I have been doing a program throughout the summer, two of them, actually, um, the workout, which, which is a somatic exercise program, which I'll probably do, um, a podcast episode on at some point, because, um, that's just fascinating. It can be a whole episode in itself. Um, and then the other thing that I've been doing is a, it's kind of like a pelvic for um it's called ab rehab. And I felt like I had started it because, you know, I've had two babies now and I don't really have any symptoms, but I feel like it's important for women to stay on top of their pelvic health from a young age um, because I have taken care of many patients that have had bladder prolapses and vaginal prolapses and um it's not something that I want to have to deal with if I don't have to. So I want to work that off. And um, we do plan to have another baby and I would like for my pelvic floor health to be, you know, in good shape for when that time comes. So I've been doing that and I love both of those programs, but they are not very, they're not like hardcore. Um, the ab rehab program is is no joke, like I'm sore the next few days, but it's because I'm working those like deep ab muscles that I haven't really worked and trained before. Um, but you don't like come to the end of the workout feeling like, wow, that was a great workout. That makes sense. Um, so I thought back over like what my favorite types of exercise to do are that like I really enjoy doing it. I look forward to doing it. Um, And the two things that came to mind were running and um, cycling. Cycling was something that I kind of got into last year and I really enjoyed it. Um, Running is not something that I have been into um, since before I had Kenley, who's now about to turn four years old. Um, And I kind of stopped doing running because somebody told me that I needed to. (laughs) And I'll get into that another time. Like there are things too much cardio can be a bad thing. Like I teach that to my clients, but we do still need cardio for our cardiovascular health. And it's just something that I've been doing walking and fast paced walking, but no like running. And typically I don't like to run on a treadmill, but that's kind of, it's either, I have two options right now. If I want to run, I can do it on the treadmill or I can go outside where it's cold and that hurts my lungs. Um, And I don't enjoy that feeling. So this morning I got up and I did my app rehab first. And then for 10 minutes, I was on the treadmill and I, to be clear, did not run for those 10 minutes. I probably ran for like a minute and a half because that's where I'm at right now. And that's just fine. Um, But I felt really energized at the end of it. And I was like, yes, this is a great way to start my day. Um, I do feel energized by this and I do feel like I can tell that I got the endorphins from it. Like I was peppier and happier. I don't know if happier is the right way, right word. But anyway, so those two things for sure I'm doing. Other than that, um, I'm just trying to get myself back into my normal healthy habits. Um, Because to be honest with you, I've slacked over the last three weeks and I couldn't really pinpoint why, but I just all of a sudden wasn't motivated to do anything really. And was like neglecting eating breakfast and not taking my supplements and not fixing myself mineral drinks. There were days that I probably didn't drink 16 ounces of water and that's very unlike me and absolutely not. My clients would be ashamed of me if I told them that because um, that's just not my normal. That's not um, how I operate. That's not my bare minimum. Um, I have higher standards for myself than that. And when i really was thinking about it i was like what like what changed 3 weeks ago was it where i was at in my cycle um what was it and we had a big weather shift about 3 weeks ago it's it was very like gloomy and dreary and not very warm and it was like one day we had summer and then the next day we were in winter it was like we didn't even get a fall um and the weather was just Icky. and i have noticed in the past that i do feel more down in the winter and part of that is totally normal um because we are supposed to be more introverted and more reserved and more in a restful state in the winter months but this has been a bit more extreme and it's not extreme but it's just it's beyond what i feel like is normal and i know that being i'm still i'm 2 years postpartum from my last baby i'm a year out from bre- stopping breastfeeding my last baby so i know that there are still hormonal shifts going on in my body that also make me a little more predisposed to developing some depression um and i'm not I'm not saying that I feel like I'm depressed I'm, I'm, I'm very like on top of those cues for myself and for others. And it, it comes from the work that I've done, my background, my nursing background. Um, but I do think that it's really important for us to all notice those things in ourselves and take proactive action. So I hope that you took some things that you could implement and maybe even just have the thought for yourself of like checking in with yourself. Like the weather is shifting, the seasons are changing. How am I feeling? Do I notice that I'm more down? Is there something that I can implement into my normal day-to-day or my week that can help me to feel a little peppier and happier? Um, and it was funny because right after I had been doing this research all day and working on this presentation and it got towards the end of the day and I was logging in to check my emails and, um, there's a lady, her name is Jackie. She's actually, um, she's collaborating with me on something that is coming here in just a few weeks, um, a bundle. She's going to be providing a resource, um, for free for you guys. And I'll definitely like let you know when you can sign up for that. Um, but she had sent out an email. I'm on her email community list and, um, In the email, she was talking about how we can shift our thoughts. And it was like, it went right along with the things I had been working through that day and the things that I had been thinking through that day. And I wanted to share this for our mindset minute to finish out this episode. Um, And she's talking about how we can take our statements. You know, I've previously talked about how the things we think about ourselves and the things that we Say to ourselves about ourselves are very impactful and it's like our thoughts create our reality and she was talking about how you can kind of reword what you're saying to be a more positive thought for your mind and your body and and helping you to move past something so I'm going to give an example because I think that's the best way to describe it um, to close us out so if if you were going to say I'm anxious. Instead of saying I'm anxious, you would say I'm feeling anxious right now. And something about that difference in—it's more so like I am having this feeling, not this is the way I am. Does that make sense? Um, and then she said, also adding the right now to the end of that statement helps your brain to acknowledge that this is just a right now thing and that it's not a permanent thing. Um, And I thought that that was really fascinating. And there are so many things that we can use that sort of shift or rewording for, um, in our life. So I wanted to share that with you. I challenge you to, um, do that this week while you catch yourself, maybe having a negative thought about yourself or about the way you're thinking or feeling kind of try to shift that and see how you feel. you enjoyed this episode and took something positive from it. You can help me get this podcast into more ears by taking a screenshot, posting it to your stories, and tagging me. Talk soon.